It's been about two weeks ago that I watched the One American News with my parents. They were talking about the, about the problems with the, the statistics when it concerns COVID-19. This is kind of important, but no one seems to want to report anything about this. How do we know? Because states are beginning to set up restrictions for families for the upcoming holidays, even though the statistics may not be correct. You know what? I think it's time to talk about this idiocy known as COVID-19 or the China virus or the Wuhan flu, whatever you want to call it. Maybe you look at the stats through the lens of the CDC and reason, we will come to a conclusion that this whole thing was really overdone. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I'm Gene, and here we go. First thing, before we talk, this could be a longer podcast. This was actually written last week. I was supposed to do it Friday, but I didn't do it Friday because I just had so much to talk about, and my show notes are extensive. They're already published on the website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics. All sorts of links, including to the CDC. But first things first, a couple of things. One, happy Veterans Day. I know I didn't wasn't able, I didn't actually do another podcast after Wednesday, um, but happy Veterans Day. God bless all our vet- veterans, and thank you for your service. The other thing, Andy McCabe stood in front of the Senate to answer questions concerning the Trump spying scandal, uh, better known as Crossfire Hurricane. Ted Cruz absolutely smoked the guy. Probably nothing is going to come out of this. Though it looks like McCabe may have perjured himself again, which is what Cruz actually pointed out. We're going to have to see how all this turns out, especially if Biden, um, especially if Biden actually wins the presidency. I guarantee you nothing is going to turn out. Georgia has announced it will start hand recounting and auditing ballots. That's excellent. It looks like uh, a, a state or two might actually turn. I'm hoping, praying, um, this is the first state to do this, but uh, other states, including Pennsylvania and Arizona and possibly Nevada, are expected to do the same thing. The Democrat leadership in those states are actually trying to prevent this from happening. We'll just have to see what happens in the courts. Finally, the Trump administration has released a list of affidavits of election fraud in Michigan. It is a 234-page long affidavit. This was actually released on Friday, or Thursday, excuse me, of last week. I'm actually working on reading this thing. A lot of the notes are handwritten, so they're kind of hard to read. Um, And 234 pages may sound like a lot. Uh, Probably not enough to actually prove fraud in this election. So we're going to have to see what's going on. Maybe in the next podcast, we'll talk about it. But let's get on. Um, Now we're looking at more COVID-19 restrictions, specifically California, Illinois, Chicago, specifically New York, New York City. Uh, They're all planning to lock down again. Um, And this is due to a spike in cases. So let's talk about Joe Biden first. Uh, What is Joe Biden planning on doing now that we're spiking? He wants to listen to the scientists and doctors, right? Um, Doubt it. The first thing he said was that he would do a national mask mandate. 
He brought it up again last week and said he would mandate masking when he's the president-elect. Here's the problem. It's illegal. He can't mandate everyone to wear masks. That's up to the states to do so. But I believe he's thinking that if he mandates it, the states will follow along. Um, the reality is we're not really sure that masking is really doing anything. Uh, the reality is we really don't know how to use masks. Okay, so where it, why is it I'm thinking that masking may not be doing any? And I wear a mask. I've got a mask in my pocket right now. I've got a mask on my desk right now. So here's the thing. Do you switch a mask every time you use a paper mask? Probably not. If you use a cloth mask, do you sterilize it after every use? Probably not. Do you know how to properly sterilize a reusable mask? Probably not. Do you wear a neck gaiter? A neck gaiter, which is considered a mask, is actually worse, worse than worthless. It actually spreads. When you sneeze, it actually spreads, or cough, it actually spreads uh, droplets. It does not prevent droplets from go going beyond your face. Do you touch your mask with your hands and then not wash your hands? Do you ever use, I bet you do, I know Joe Biden does, every time he's got a mask on, he's flipping around with it. That's worthless at that point. Do you ever put a mask over, do you ever put your mask over your nose or above your chin? So under your nose and above your chin? I know I do because I can't stand wearing the damn thing all day. When you sneeze, do you replace your mask? Or when you cough, do you replace your mask? Probably not. When you do, when you sneeze, do you put your mask down to cover your mouth with your hand? I'm not kidding. I have actually seen this happen. The reality is, doctors and nurses actually require to take uh, training on wearing PPE, including masks. So there is no evidence that masks actually work. In fact, there's kind of evidence showing that masks don't work. Because we're spiking and most people are actually spiking in COVID cases and most people are actually wearing masks. He also mentioned that he would have no problem closing the economy again if the spikes continue. Again, I'm not sure he can legally do that. I don't think he can mandate that the country close. Governors can, but I'm not sure the president can dictate to the states what they're going to do. So, for example, Florida, which never closed, by the way would probably tell Biden to kick off. And if Biden tried to force Florida to uh, shut down, Florida would take it to the Supreme Court, and the chances are Biden would actually lose this. But this doesn't surprise me from Biden, because Biden has hid himself from COVID from day one. Uh, the, guy has, the guy is the only man who did not run a campaign for six months and still possibly won the election. Here's the thing. And this is the truth. Biden doesn't have a plan for COVID. Biden is not going to control the virus. Biden is not going to get rid of the virus. Everything he has said on his website that he would do is rhetoric with no real policy. Or was actually done 11 months ago by Donald Trump. When asked, the only thing he really said is he would mandate masks and lockdowns, which is the work of a tyrant. Thank 
God for the Supreme Court. And the reality is, if you decide to lock down the economy like California is doing right now, all it's going to do is going to corrupt the economy. And all you're going to do is push back the virus. Because the virus isn't going anywhere. If you lock down the economy, yeah, we'll see our virus counts go down. But the reality is, the second you open up that economy again, the virus is going to show up. How do we know that? We locked down six six months. Jesus, we are now um, three months. We're eight months into this, and we are still spiking because still spiking due to the virus, and we're spiking it because we shut down for three four months, and then when we reopened, the virus is still out there and it's going to spread. There's nothing we can do about it. Biden did do something awesome. He created a task force because task force forces scare viruses, I guess. I don't know. Um, Trump had a task force. So one of the guys he put on his task force is an Obama uh, is an Obama advisor for the uh, Affordable Care Act named Ezekiel Emanuel. That may sound familiar. He was the guy who helped Obama write the Affordable Care Act that really screwed up. And he's one of these guys who actually um, admitted that all you had to do was fool people and the Affordable Care Act would be perfect. So this guy is, how shall I put it in English? He's an asshole. He's also an oncologist, which means he deals with cancer, and a bioethicist. How about this? A so-called bioethicist. Because some of the things he has said have been absolutely unethical. One of the things he did was he wrote an article uh, called um, It's Not Worth Living Over the Age of 75. So in other words, this guy wanted to die before the age of 75 because he did not believe it was worth living past 75. This is somebody that Joe Biden put on his COVID task force. And by the way, COVID affects people over the age of 70. And here's another ironic thing. Biden is 78. So is he saying Biden shouldn't live? Let's take a, let's take an excerpt, a couple of excerpts from this article. Emmanuel said, quote, A simple truth that many of us seem to resist, living too long is also a loss. It renders many of us, if not disabled, then faltering and declining, a state that may not be worse than death, but is nonetheless deprived. It robs us of our creativity and the ability to contribute to work, society, the world. It transforms how people experience us, relate to us, and, most important, remember us. We are no longer remembered as vibrant and engaged, but as feeble, ineffectual, even pathetic. By the time I reach 75, I will have lived a complete life. I will have loved and been loved. My children will be grown and in the midst of their own rich lives. I will have seen my grandchildren born and beginning their lives. I will have pursued my life's projects and made whatever contributions, important or not, I am going to make. I'm going to make. And hopefully, I will not have too many mental or physical limitations. Dying at 75 would not be a tragedy. How freaking cynical is that? And this guy is in charge of 
making decisions about a virus that affects people over 75. Oh, but it gets worse. Here it is. I'll continue. Quote, what about simple stuff? Flu shots are out. Certainly, if there is to be a flu uh, pandemic, a younger person who has yet to live a complete life ought to get the vaccine or any antiviral drugs. A big challenge is antibiotics for pneumonia or skin and urinary infections. Antibiotics are cheap and largely effective in curing infections. It is really hard for us to say no. Indeed, even people who are sure they don't want life-extending treatments find it hard to refuse antibiotics. But, as Osler reminds us, unlike the decays associated, associated with chronic conditions, death from these infections is quick and relatively painless. So, no to antibiotics, and he means for old people, people 75 or above. This is communist stuff, folks. We just, we just read uh, chapter 9 of Animal Farm. And remember what happened to Boxer, who was aged and was about to retire in a month? They killed him. This is terrible stuff. Because communism doesn't believe that there is life if you cannot give it. And he says it here. He says it here. That if you cannot provide to society, you should not live. This is sick shit. And this is who Joe Biden picked on his COVID task force. Absolutely disgusting. Great call, Joe. Great call. So let's talk about what some of these states are actually doing in response to the COVID uh, spikes. The blue states have decided to shut everything down again. California, New York, Illinois, uh, New Jersey. They decided, fuck it, we're just going to close everything up again. Yeah, there'll be some cussing because I've been writing this thing and I'm kind of hot on it. Um, that includes the holidays. Let's take a look at two states. Now, mind you, other states have joined in on this, but let's take a look at the biggest states. Uh, New York. I find it amazing that the media makes Andrew Cuomo into some great mind when it comes to COVID. I mean, Cuomo has written a book about it that no one's buying, of course. Uh, he sold a poster showing their um, status with uh, COVID. But his policies for the aged, aged, his policies have killed people, literally killed. I mean, they keep saying that, that Donald Trump has killed people. And the reality is it's governors like, uh, governors like Andrew Cuomo that's killed people. Uh, governors like Gretchen Whitmer in um, Michigan who have killed people. Andrew Cuomo actually put old age, old people who had COVID back into old age homes so that they, COVID could actually spread throughout the old age home. Then he did something just disgusting. He lied about the statistics and refused to take any responsibility. He even there was there's even thought that there's going to be a um, there's going to be a governmental review of his Gretchen Whitmer the character in New Jersey their actual policies and how many people they actually killed Gretchen Whitmer and Andrew Cuomo have lied about the number of patients that have died right now I believe it is 36,000 in New York have died there's talk that it's way above that so and then 
they will not say how many people died actually in old age homes because he decided to ship them back in. So uh, Andrew Cuomo on November 11th released this tweet. New York follows the science. Horseshit. We know indoor gatherings and parties are a major source of COVID spread. To slow the spread, New York City will limit indoor gatherings at private residences to 10 people. It takes effect on Friday, which was this past Friday, at 10 p.m. Wow. 10 people. When was the last time you went to a Thanksgiving uh, gathering with family and only had 10 people there? Yeah, neither have I. Never been. I mean, the Thanksgiving gathering we're going to have is going to have probably about 30 people. And it's, by the way, going to be a long time. So this crap ain't going to work for Hanukkah. It ain't going to work for Thanksgiving. It ain't going to work for Christmas. I think Ramadan is is this thing. It ain't going to work for that either. By the way, how is Governor Cuomo... And by the way, it goes with the same thing, Gavin Newsom. How are these... Gretchen Whitmer, too. How are these guys planning to actually enforce this? Are the police going to be knocking down doors because they heard that somebody was actually having a Thanksgiving dinner with the entire family? And by the way, I really don't think the police are going to do that anyway. Meanwhile, they, they seem to have no problem with everyone gathering to protest Donald Trump or anything else. So um, it's, it's such bullshit. So, you know, that's the other thing. Can I, is it possible that if I host one of these parties, I can actually end up in jail because I hosted a Thanksgiving party? But meanwhile, those idiots, Antifa and all those folks, nothing happens to those people. They don't go to jail for burning down buildings and crap like that, or they get out the next day. It's, it's absolute crap. But what's more crap is what California is going to do. So California actually has this. I'm going to be quoting it. Um, the moron governor, uh, California's governor, the Ken Doll, Gavin Newsom, has set up restrictions on California's governmental website. Now listen to this. This is great. So, attendance. Gatherings that include more than three households are prohibited. This includes everyone present, including hosts and guests. Remember, the smaller the number of people, the safer. Yeah, okay. I, Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That is definitely not going to happen. Two, gather outdoors. Gatherings that occur outdoors are significantly significantly safer than indoor gatherings. All gatherings must be held outside. Attendees may go out inside to use restrooms as long as the restrooms are frequently sanitized. Gatherings may occur in outdoor spaces that are covered by umbrellas, canopies, awnings, roofs, and other shade structures, provided that at least three sides of the space, or 75%, are open uh, to the outdoors. A gathering of no more than three households is permitted in a public park or other outdoor space, even if unrelated gatherings or other groups to three households are also occurring in the same park or other outdoor spaces. Yeah. So in other words, on Thanksgiving night when it's going to be about 40 degrees, we we can we can get together as long as we get together in the middle of the night. 
Section four, which is practice and physical distancing and hand hygiene and gatherings. For any gatherings permitted under their, this guidance, the space must be large enough so that everyone at a gathering can maintain at least a six-foot physical distance from others, not including their households, at all times. Seating must provide at least six feet distance in all directions, front to back, side to side, between the different households. Everyone at the gathering should frequently wash their hands with soap and water or use hand sanitizer if soap and water is not available. What house does not have soap and water? Anyway, a place to wash hands or hand sanitizer must be available. The number five section, I, 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 this stuff just absolutely amazes me. Uh, wear a face covering to keep COVID-19. This is section five. When gathering, face coverings must be worn in accordance to CDPH, guidance use of face coverings, unless an exemption is applicable. Everyone at gatherings may remove their face cover to briefly eat or drink as long as they stay six week, uh, six feet away from everyone outside their household and put the face covering back on as soon as they are done with the activity. So in other words, I, I, I'm at dinner. I want to take a bite of turkey. I can lower my face mask, put the turkey into my mouth, and then put my face mask back on. How wonderful is that fa face mask going to smell after you're finished eating this? Oh, God. Keep it short is, no, is section number six. Gatherings should be less than two hours. The longer duration, the duration, the risk, uh, the risk of transmission increases. So we, when do you even cook a turkey in less than two hours? Our dinners take four hours long. And we also, yeah, okay. And by the way, why two hours? Where did two hours come from? You mean I can't transmit the disease in two hours or I can't catch it? It takes me, if I'm there for more than two hours, I can catch the disease. But if I'm there for less than two hours, why doesn't he just ban him? It's bullshit. Uh, uh, rules for singing, uh, chanting, and shouting at outdoor gatherings. This is section number seven. Singing, chanting, shouting, and physical exertion significantly significantly increases the risk of COVID-19 transmission because these activities increase the release of respiratory droplets and fine aerosols into the air. Because of this, singing, chanting, and shouting are strongly discouraged. But if they occur, the following rules should apply. So we've got to, I, I tell you what, I swear to God, when Thanksgiving comes, we're all going to sing something thanksgiving -y. I I don't know what else is out there, but just to see what the hell these idiots are going to do. And I'll go to jail for it. I have no problem going to jail for this. They can, cops can knock down. I hear you're singing. Yes. Uh, I will survive or maybe Gloria or Black Dog from Led Zeppelin. Maybe we'll sing something like that. I don't know how Thanksgiving-y those are, but that's okay. So here are the rules if you are singing. All people who are singing or chanting should wear a face covering. Duh. People who are singing, shouting, chanting, or exercising are strongly encouraged to maintain physical distancing. Cool. People who are singing, chanting, are strongly encouraged to do so quietly. So, singing quietly. And by the way, even if you're singing quietly, aren't you releasing aerosols that they're bitching about? So, what difference does it make? Instrumental music is allowed as long as the musicians maintain a six-foot physical distance. Musicians must be one of the three households. Playing wind instruments... 
such as the trumpet or clarinet, is strongly discouraged. All gatherings pose a higher risk for transmission and the spread of COVID-19 when people mix from different households or communities. Just like protests, even Antifa and BLM protests pose a higher risk of COVID. The likelihood of transmission and spread increases with laughing, singing, loud talking, making things difficult to maintain social distance. But here's the problem. The problem is people need each other. There's no question. People need each other. I need my father. My father needs me. My um, my girlfriend needs me. I need my girlfriend. My, girl, my fiancé, excuse me. My fiancé needs her family. They need her. We can't keep physically distancing each other. It is a... It is an absolute horror for people, and people are beginning to suffer. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Illinois, Oregon, Virginia, New Jersey are all planning to implement the same plans. Lori Lightfoot, that shitty mayor of Chicago, has already started announcing her restrictions. So, why are Democrats doing this? Here's the reality. Democrats love pandemics. That's because they can control our way of life and that what we want, and it's what they want, control. But they get more out of control during pandemics. They also make it that the population begins to become dependent on the government during a pandemic. Mind you, one of the things uh, the Democrats are saying they want but never seem to approve is stimulus packages. I don't believe in stimulus packages. I think those are bad because people become dependent on the government giving them things. It's not a coincidence that the dem- the last stimulus package, which is not really a stimulus package, it's, it's just an uh, aid package, people were getting more money from the aid package than they were from their actual jobs. This is the government giving you something People start to love it, and and Democrats gain more power. People depend on the government. Government becomes bigger. People stop working. It's bad. Here's the thing. When governments get power, they become big. They go away eventually. Again, I'll refer to... I'll refer to Animal Farm, George Orwell's Animal Farm, where the second the pigs gained the power, they didn't give a damn about the people. They didn't give them shit. That's what happens. Look at what happened in Venezuela. I mean, we don't even have to look at a book or a, uh, some philosophical book. We can look at Venezuela. I mean, Chavez gave them free education, gave them free health care, and then once Chavez got full power, the people got nothing including food. This is a reality of life. If we look at the COVID-19 panic, pandemic, we can see the difference between the blue and the red states. Red states depend on, population, on the populations to take care during this crisis and be careful. They allow for people to make decisions. Some make good decisions, some make bad. Florida, Texas, South Dakota, just to name a few of these red states, never completely shut down, if they shut down at all. 
They didn't do this because the state governments trusted the people to make the right decisions. And guess what? For the most part, they did. Those states have, those states combined have less deaths in New York. They didn't do this because, for the most part, those states did pretty well. The disease ran through their population. Death rates weren't terribly high. Their hospital systems weren't overcrowded. Their economies never really took a huge hit. Heck, South uh, South Dakota's employment rate never actually changed. And that's the same in Utah, in Wyoming, in Montana, in North Dakota. They, they never changed. That's why the unemployment rate, which, by the way, is now down to under 6.8%. Why hasn't that been announced before the election? Um, blue states, on the other hand, suffered greatly from COVID-19. This happened through mismanagement, like Cuomo sticking COVID-positive patients back into rest homes, and lockdowns. Their economies tanked. The quality of life dropped to zero. People are killing themselves in high numbers. There's domestic abuse. There's drug addiction. This is all happening because people are stuck together. There's a reason states like California, New Jersey, New York, and Michigan are losing their populations to other states. Then, when the economies start tanking, the governments open up a little. And what comes about? COVID-19. Because another COVID-19 spike. Why? All you're doing is delaying the inevitable. Trump was absolutely correct when he said that we are not going to control this virus. No country has. Contrary to what CNN says, no country has controlled this virus. None. No country is going to end this virus. None. The United States is going to be the closest. I mean, now we have two vaccines that have proven to be over 90% effective. And they're going to be approved. And they're going to be given to the older... Well, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Trump better make sure that, that he makes a plan that the older folks actually get it. Because if Ezekiel Manuel has a say, 75 years and above, those people are not going to deserve the vaccines. Because they don't deserve to live after 75. Because they're no good to the collective. It's disgusting. Here's the thing. Democrats don't care about us. They don't care about how we live. They don't care about anything. They only care about power. And the way to take power is to take away an individuality of people. And the way to do that is to, to take away their pride, take away what they do. And that's it. So don't ever trust a Democrat when it comes to this crap, especially a leftist. There are some, I won't lie, there are some liberal Democrats that I really appreciate. I really I really respect. Joe Manchin is one. Kirsten Cinema is another. But as far as the progressives and the leftists, yeah, you can't trust them. Ben Shapiro says something that I I, I love. It's called facts. He says facts don't care about your feelings. With all the bullshit about Democrats embracing the science, it amazes me that they scream about how they are we are all going to die, but fail to address things like, do people actually die of this COVID thing? 
what are we what are we going to do what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the statistics and how and how the numbers the CDC is releasing determines that 240,000 people have died in other words did 240,000 people in this country actually die of covid it's a great question so let's look at this first off uh nothing can go wrong with this the government gives hospitals a bonus for every covid-19 case period nothing can go wrong with that right so hospitals if you have covid and you're being treated the hospital gets a bonus how about this if you were in a car accident you broke your leg and you have covid guess what they report you had covid they report that you got a broken leg from a car accident people have been added to the covid death list even if they've died of pre-existing conditions including and here we go here come the numbers deaths from heart attacks and heart disease have been reported as COVID, 51,000. Deaths from pneumonia and influenza, which is the flu, 88,000. Deaths by chronic lower respiratory disease, which means asthma, 18,000. Deaths by adult respiratory distress syndrome, which means you've got bad lungs, you maybe you have cancer or something, 26,000. Death by hyper, uh, in, hypertensive diseases, such as high blood pressure, possibly stroke, 26,000, or I'm sorry, 44,000. According to the CDC, only 6% can be solely, uh, can, of deaths can be solely laid on COVID-19. 6% of deaths. That means 94% of deaths involves some sort of underlying medical condition and some of those medical conditions were life-threatening let me break out my calculator here 240,000 times 0.06 equals 14,000 dead 15,000 dead at most from COVID-19 now do I think that did COVID-19 influence? Do I think there are only 15,000 deaths from COVID? Of course not. I don't think that at all. But I'm saying that's a hell of a stretch from 15,000 to 240,000. What I'm saying is I don't think 15,000, only 15,000 died, but I don't think 240,000 died of COVID. So to sit back and, and, and think that this COVID thing is that kind of killer bullshit call it right off the bat people who died in car crashes and had covid listed and had covid were listed as covid deaths so if you were in a car crash and you died because you got your head bashed in you were listed as a covid death wow not a lot of those i mean there were a few not a lot but there were a few if someone had died within 90 days of being listed, being diagnosed with COVID, no matter why they died or when they died, as long as they were within that 90-day period, 
The hospitals listed him as COVID. Now, can you see why the government giving bonuses for COVID cases is maybe a bad idea? The media is lying to you. The Democrats are lying to you. These statistics are not something I made up. They're on the CDC website. You can go to cdc.gov, type in COVID, and it's right there. Or you can go to my website at Dumbasses Talking Politics and just plug in the link. It's right there. Doctors said that 131,000 patients who died of life-ending diseases and conditions, including cancer, dementia, and renal failure, were placed on the COVID death list because they had COVID when they died even though COVID probably had nothing to do with their deaths. Right off the bat, that 240,000, according to the CDC, you can actually take right off the top. Do you see where we're going here? As of right now, we have 8,228,870 COVID cases. We have 328,200 thousand in our population. Now, mind you, we are spiking right now in this country. This is a 2.5% chance that with social distancing and wearing a mask, which I said might be BS as far as countering that, um, uh, countering COVID, that one will get COVID. 2.5% chance just catching it? That's not even the death rates. But what about the death rates? Okay, let's just take that 240,000 out of the 8,228,870 cases. That means there's a 2.9% chance of dying of COVID. Is that high compared to the flu? Yeah. Is it Bizarre? No. The reason it's not bizarre is because the people who are dying are actually older. Let's take a look at some other statistics that will make you say, okay, I'm going out now. 0 to 19, there is a 99.997 survival rate. I believe, I have, I'd have to look this up again from the CDC's website, but I believe from zero to nine years old, there have been a grand total, hear this, hear this, eight deaths. Zero to nine years old, from birth to nine years old, there have been eight COVID deaths. From 20 to 49, the survival rate is 99.98%. From 50 to 69, The survival rate is 99.5%. And from 70 and above, and this is where the people are actually dying, it's 99, it's 95% survival rate. President Trump, 74 years old, survived, actually got clear, was cleared of COVID after two days. Chris Christie, who weighs, I don't know, about, probably weighs a little less than Shamu, got over COVID. Boris Johnson of England, who is not much lighter than Chris Christie, survived COVID after about a week. All he needed was oxygen. 
So what does that tell you? Survival for those 20 to 49 is 99.898%. So what does that mean? Go back to work. Go back to work. Go shopping. Have dinner at a restaurant. Go on vacation. Take a plane trip to see your family. Unless your family is unless your family has issues, then don't. But I mean for example, my dad, I he's very healthy. My dad, my my mom, stepmom, very healthy. I would not visit them. It's called personal responsibility. Is essentially what it is. Go on a trip. Do something. Go to Vegas. Survival for those that are 50 to 69 is at 99.5%? Go to work. Or go enjoy your retirement. Unlike that Emmanuel asshole, you should enjoy your retirement. For those above 70 years, the virus seems to love you folks. Most who survive do have pre-existing... Most who do not survive, excuse me, do have pre-existing conditions. If you're older and have pre-existing conditions, take care of yourself. Be personally responsible. Don't visit people who may have had it or may not have it. Be careful. In fact, anyone with pre-existing conditions should take care of themselves, no matter what their ages are. That eight people I was telling you about who died, they actually died because... They had pre-existing conditions, things like asthma and diabetes. And that brings us to my last point, personal responsibility. And I actually, this is the third time I brought it up, but I want to bring it up again. If anyone has a pre-existing condition, it is that person's responsibility to do what he needs to take care of himself. And if you know someone and you love someone, one of your loved ones, has a pre-existing condition, it is your responsibility to make sure you do not come in contact with that individual or you take care that that individual has at the least chance of catching COVID if you've had it. If one is sick and wants to see his father, it is his responsibility to take, take care for his father more than he does for himself. If a store wants you to wear a mask, wear a goddamn mask. Get over it. Keep social distance. That's all great. And it can't hurt. I may not be heavy into the science of all this stuff, basically because we're seeing a spike in all this and we've been doing this. But that doesn't mean be an irresponsible asshole, go into a Walmart and start screaming at someone who asks you to put on a mask. That's stupid. That's being a responsible individual. We don't need government acting like our parents and forcing us to do what we already know we should be doing. And I'll go a step further. I don't think Joe Biden's or the left's attentions, intentions are chaste. But we'll see. There are now two, that's right, two vaccines that are over 90% effective. This is all based on Trump's policies. It was all done under the Trump administration. Let's see if Biden decides to take credit for it. I got a buck that says he probably does. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Podbean, Podcast Addict, um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can uh, visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. There are quite a few interesting links you might want to take a look at. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.